Hi, this is Steve Durr. Today we're going to read from Acts chapter 16, starting in verse 11 and going to verse 40. And just to help you recall where we're at, Paul, Silas, Timothy, and Luke, who is the writer of the book of Acts, uh, formed a missionary team, and they received some guidance from God to go to Macedonia, which is in northern Greece. And so let's join them in this journey into helping new people in new places hear and see the good news of Jesus. Let's pick it up, verse 11. We boarded a boat at Troas and sailed straight across to the island of Samothrace. And the next day we landed at Neapolis. From there we reached Philippi, a major city of that district of Macedonia and a Roman colony. And we stayed there several days. On the Sabbath, we went a little way outside the town to a riverbank where we thought people would be meeting for prayer. And we sat down to speak with some women who had gathered there. One of them was Lydia from Thyatira, a merchant of expensive purple cloth who worshiped God. As she listened to us, the Lord opened her heart and she accepted what Paul was saying. She and her household were baptized and she asked us to be her guests. If you agree that I am a true believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my home. And she urged us until we agreed. One day, as we were going down to the place of prayer, we met a slave girl who had a spirit that enabled her to tell the future. She earned a lot of money for her masters by telling fortunes. She followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, These men are the servants of the Most High God, and they've come to tell you how to be saved. And this went on day after day until Paul got so exasperated that he turned and said to the demon within her, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And instantly it left her. Her master's hopes of wealth were now shattered, so they grabbed Paul and Silas and dragged them before the authorities at the marketplace. The whole city is in an uproar because of these Jews, they shouted to the city officials. They are teaching customs that are illegal for us Romans to practice. A mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas, and the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. They were severely beaten, and then they were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. So the jailer put them into the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in the stocks. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. Suddenly, there was a massive earthquake, and the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately flew open, and the chains of every prisoner fell off. The jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open. He assumed the prisoners had escaped, so he drew his sword to kill himself. But Paul shouted to him, Stop! Don't kill yourself! We're all here! The jailer called for lights and ran to the dungeon and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved along with everyone in your household. And they shared the word of the Lord with him and with all who lived in his household. Even at that hour of the night, the jailer cared for them and washed their wounds. Then he and everyone in his household were immediately baptized. He brought them into his house and set a meal before them, and he and his entire household rejoiced because they all believed in God. 
The next morning, the city officials sent the police to tell the jailer, let those men go. So the jailer told Paul, the city officials have said you and Silas are free to leave. Go in peace. But Paul replied, they have publicly beaten us without a trial and put us into prison. And we are Roman citizens. So now they want us to leave secretly? Certainly not. Let them come themselves to release us. When the police reported this, the city officials were alarmed to learn that Paul and Silas were Roman citizens, so they came to the jail and apologized to them. Then they brought them out and begged them to leave the city. When Paul and Silas left the prison, they returned to the home of Lydia. There they met with the believers and encouraged them once more. Then they left town. And so the mission team, Paul, Silas, Timothy, Luke, arrived in Philippi. Philippi was a city that had a very Roman culture. There were many retired Roman soldiers living in town, and they deeply valued Roman citizenship and ways. And so where does this mission team go first when they arrive into town? What's their strategy? Paul, again, leads his team to go where they always go first when they enter a new town. They go to look for other Jews, the Jewish people and Gentiles who desire to worship the God of the Jews. And so in Philippi, there wasn't a synagogue, so the people would go near the river to gather and pray to God and worship him there. There, as they shared the good news of Jesus with the people, a fairly wealthy woman named Lydia became a follower of Jesus, and things seemed to be going really well. But when you join God's mission and you seek to say the words of Jesus— to live in the ways of Jesus and do the works of Jesus, there will be opposition. And so they encounter a young slave girl who is experiencing demon oppression. And thanks to Jesus, this mission team sets her free. This upset her masters who were profiting from her demonic insights into the future. And they'd no longer be making money exploiting her. And so these masters of this girl who had been set free from a demon trump up some charges and get a mob behind them to get Paul and Silas arrested. And so they were stripped, they were beaten with rods, and after being bruised and bloodied, they're thrown into prison and they receive mild torture there where they have their legs separated beyond the norm to get their feet into the stocks. And so the jailer had mistreated them And he was under the command to watch Paul and Silas closely. (laughs) And so Paul and Silas, who had been abused and handled very poorly, they were dirty, they were bloody, they were bruised, in pain, probably had open wounds. How did they respond? They prayed and sang hymns to God. And by midnight... They were still praising God and seeking him. And everyone was listening to them. And all of a sudden it appeared that God sent an earthquake. It must have been an answer to prayer. The doors of the prison flew open and the stocks came loose and everyone was free to make a run for it. The jailer who was sleeping woke up, saw the doors were open and assumed that all the prisoners had just bolted. And he, probably being a former Roman soldier was a man who lived by the value of honor. He understood that in that culture, the loss of even one prisoner by a jailer could mean the humiliation of a public execution. And so he 
pulled his own sword and was about to do the deed himself and take his life when a voice cried out in the darkness, and it was Paul's voice, Don't do it. We're all here. The jailer called for the lights to be lit, but he had already seen a light shining in the darkness. He rushed into Paul's cell and dropped before Paul and Silas, and then he gets up, he takes Paul and Silas out of the cell and asks them the most important question of his life, what must I do to be saved? I think it's one of the most important questions of all of our lives. What must I do to be saved? Paul and Silas replied, and here's our answer. Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. They then taught this man and his family about Jesus and the jailer washed Paul and Silas's wounds, which should have been done when they arrived, but they were neglected. Then his whole family were baptized. They had all become followers of Jesus. This jailer had washed their wounds, but the deepest cleansing came to this jailer and to his family, thanks to Jesus. What was it that moved the jailer to ask, what must I do to be saved? Was it the earthquake? Was it facing his own death? Was it the plea from Paul to not harm himself? Was it the words he had heard spoken about these men? Maybe it was these things. But I believe that the light, the light of Jesus that he saw, took place when Paul and Silas, bloodied, beaten, and mistreated, were somehow, inexplainably, filled with joy praying to God and singing songs of praise to God in the midst of suffering. Maybe the jailer had fallen asleep to these songs to God. The jailer saw their attitude of peaceful trust in the midst of suffering. He saw something different about how they responded and reacted to their circumstances. He saw their strength in a situation that was designed to reveal their weakness, a situation that was designed to humiliate them. They lived with great honor and strength and hope. Where was that coming from? Where did these men find this? He also encountered their concern and care for him, even though he had wronged and mistreated them. They could have run off, but they stayed. They repaid evil with good, and his life was spared. There's something different that can be sensed in Paul and Silas. The difference is found in the one they follow, Jesus. Jesus, who on the cross, broken, bruised, bleeding, spoke to his Father God and asked for forgiveness for the ones who caused him suffering and pain. That is a picture of strength. Paul and Silas were living in a new reality. They would gain their freedom, but not at the expense of the jailer's life, because they had already received their freedom at the expense of Jesus giving his life for them. They were already free. The jailer saw the light the light of the world, Jesus, in the lives of Paul and Silas, and he and his family were set free. Our lives communicate. And so the question for us today is, 
what is your life, what is my life communicating? Let's pray together. God, today we recognize that our lives speak, our lives point to what we believe matters most. And so God, would you in our life today be first? Would you in our life reveal yourself through how we live, how we handle circumstances? God, would you help people see Jesus in how we handle suffering and how we handle frustrating circumstances and victories and defeats and differences of opinion and great heights? God, help us to pattern our lives after you, Jesus, because you've given your life for us. It's in you that we find true life. And so may people see you in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great day.